four of the Taming of the Shrew by William Shakespeare. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Scene one, Petruchio's country house. Enter Grumio. Fie, fie on all tired jades, on all mad masters in all foul ways. Was ever a man so beaten? Was ever a man so rayed? Was ever a man so weary? I am sent before to make a fire, and they are coming after to warm them. Now, were not I a little pot and soon hot, my very lips might freeze to my teeth, my tongue to the roof of my mouth, my heart in my belly, ere I should come by a fire to thaw me. But I, with blowing the fire, shall warm myself, for, considering the weather, a taller man than I will take cold. Hola ho, Curtis! Enter Curtis. Who is that call so coldly? A piece of ice. If thou doubt it, thou mayest slide from my shoulder to my heel, with no greater a run but my head and my neck. A fire, good Curtis. Is my master and his wife coming, Grumio? Oh, ay, Curtis, ay. And therefore, fire, fire, cast on no water. Is she so hot a shrew as she's reported? She was, good Curtis, before this frost, but thou knowest winter tames man, woman, and beast, for it hath tamed my old master and my new mistress, and myself, fellow Curtis. Away, you three-inch fool! I am no beast. Am I but three inches? Why, thy horn is a foot, and so long am I at the least. But wilt thou make a fire? Or shall I complain on thee to our mistress, whose hand, she being now at hand, thou shalt soon feel to thy cold comfort, for being slow in thy hot office? I prithee, good Grumio, tell me, how goes the world? A cold world, Curtis, in every office but thine, and therefore fire. Do thy duty, and have thy duty, for my master and mistress are almost frozen to death. There's fire ready, and therefore, good Grumio, the news. Why? Jack boy, ho boy, and as much news as will thaw. Come, you are so full of coney catching. Why, therefore, fire, for I have caught extreme cold. Where's the cook? Is supper ready? The house trimmed, rushes strewed, cobwebs swept, the serving men in their new fustian, their white stockings, and every officer his wedding garment on? Be the jacks fair within, and the jills fair without, the carpets laid, and everything in order? Already, and therefore I pray thee news. First, no, my horse is tired, my master and mistress fallen out. How? Out of their saddles and into the dirt, and thereby hangs a tale. Let's hat, good Grumio. Lend thine ear. Here. There. Strikes him. This is to feel a tale, not to hear a tale. And therefore tis called a sensible tale. And this cuff was but to knock at your ear, and beseech listening. Now I begin. Imprimus, we came down a foul hill, my master riding behind my mistress. Both of one horse? What's that to thee? Why, a horse. Tell thou the tale. But hadst thou not crossed me, thou shouldst have heard how her horse fell, and she under her horse. Thou shouldst have heard in how miry a place, and how she was bemoiled, how he left her with the horse upon her, how he beat me because her horse stumbled, 
how she waded through the dirt to pluck him off me how he swore how she prayed that never prayed before how i cried how the horses ran away how her bridle was burst how i lost my crooper with many things of worthy memory which now shall die in oblivion and thou return unexperienced to thy grave by this reckoning he is more shrew than she ay and that thou and the proudest of you all shall find when he comes home but what talk i of this call forth nathaniel joseph nicholas philip walter sugar-sop and the rest let their heads be sleekly combed their blue coats brushed and their garters of an indifferent knit let them curtsy with their left legs and not presume to touch a hair of my master's horse-tail till they kiss their hands are they all ready they are call them forth do you hear ho you must meet my master to countenance my mistress why she hath a face of her own who knows not that thou it seems that calls for company to countenance her i call them forth to credit her why she comes to borrow nothing of them enter four or five serving-men welcome home grumio how now grumio what grumio fellow grumio how now old lads welcome you how now you what you fellow you and thus much for greeting now my spruce companions is all ready and all things neat all things is ready how near is our master e'en at hand alighted by this and therefore be not cox passion silence i hear my master enter patricio and katharina where be these knaves what no man adore to hold my stirrup not to take my horse where is nathaniel gregory philip here, here, sir, here, sir. Here, sir, here, sir, here, sir, here, sir. You logger, headed and unpolished grooms, what? No attendance? No regard? No duty? Where is the foolish knave I sent before? Here, sir, as foolish as I was before. You peasant swain, you horsen, malt horse drudge, did I not bid thee meet me in the park? And bring along these rascal knaves with thee. Nathaniel's coat, sir, was not fully made, and Gabriel's pumps were all unpinked in the heel. There was no link to colour Peter's hat, and Walter's dagger was not come from sheathing. There were none fine but Adam, Ralph, and Gregory. The rest are ragged, old, and beggarly. Yet, as they are, here are they come to meet you. Go, rascals, go, and put my supper in. Exeunt servants, singing. What is the night that night I led? Where are those? Sit down, Kate, and welcome. Sound, 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 sound. Re-enter servants with supper. Why, when I say, nay, good sweet Kate, be merry. Up with my. Boots, you rogues, you villains, when? Sings. It was the prior of orders great as he thought walked on his way out, you rogue. You pluck my foot around, take that, and then the plucking of the other. Strikes him. 
be merry, Kate. Some water here, what? Oh, where's my spaniel trailer? Sarah, get you hence, and bid my cousin Ferdinand come hither. One cake that you must kiss and be acquainted with. Where are my slippers? Shall I have some water? Enter one with water. Come, Kate, and wash and welcome heartily. Yeah, horse and felon, will you let it fall? Strikes him. Patience, I pray you, t'was a fault unwilling. Ah, horse and beetle-headed flop-eared knave. Come, Kate, sit down. I know you have a stomach. Will you give thanks, sweet Kate, or else shall I? What's this? Mutton! I. Who brought it? I. Tis burnt, and so is all the meat. What dogs are these? Where is the rascal cook? How darest thou, villains? Bring it from the dresser and serve it thus to me. That love it not. There, take it to your trenches, cups and all. Throws the meat, etc., about the stage. You heedless joltheads and unmannered slaves, what do you grumble? I'll be with you straight. I pray you, husband, be not so disquiet. The meat was well if you were so contented. I tell thee, Kate. "'Twas burnt and dried away, and I expressly am forbid to touch it, "'for it engenders cola, planteth anger, and better twere that both of us did fast "'since of ourselves, ourselves are choleric, than feed it with such over-roasted flesh. "'Be patient, to-morrow shall be mended, and for this night we'll fast for company. "'Come.' I will bring thee to thy bridal chamber. Exeunt. Re-enter servants severally. Peter, didst ever see the like? He kills her in her own humour. Re-enter Curtis. Where is he? In her chamber, making a sermon of continency to her, and rails and swears and rates that she, poor soul, knows not which way to stand, to look, to speak, and sits as one new-risen from a dream. Away, away, for he is coming hither. Exeunt. Re-enter Patricio. Thus have I politically begun my reign, and tis my hope to end successfully. My falcon now is sharp and passing empty, and till she stoop, she must not be full-gorged, for then she never looks upon her lure. Another way I have to man my haggard, to make her come, and know her keeper's call. That is to watch her, as we watch these kites, that bait and beat, and will not be obedient. She ate no meat to-day, nor none shall eat. Last night she slept not, nor to-night she shall not. As with the meat, some undeserved fault I'll find about the making of the bed, and here I'll fling the pillow, there the bolster, this way the coverlet, another way the sheets. I, and amid this hurly I intend that all is done in reverent care of her, and in conclusion she shall watch all night, 
and if she chance to nod, I'll rail and brawl, and with the clamour keep her still awake. This is a way to kill a wife with kindness. And thus I'll curb her mad and headstrong humour. He that knows better how to tame a shrew, now let him speak. Tis charity to show. Exit. Scene two. Padua. Before Baptista's house. Enter Tranio and Hortensio. Is it possible, friend Licio, that Mistress Bianca doth fancy any other but Lucentio? I tell you, sir, she bears me fair in hand. Sir, to satisfy you in what I have said, stand by and mark the manner of his teaching. Enter Bianca and Lucentio. Now, mistress, profit you in what you read. What, master, read you? First resolve me that. I read that I profess the art of love. And may you prove, sir, master of your art. While you, sweet dear, prove mistress of my heart. Quick proceeders, Mary. Now tell me, I pray, you that durst swear at your mistress, Bianca, loved none in the world so well as Lucentio. Try again. <sniffs> Quick proceeders, Mary. Now tell me, I pray, you that durst swear at your mistress, Bianca, loved none in the world so well as Lucentio. O oh, despiteful love, unconstant womankind, I tell thee, Licio, this is wonderful. Mistake no more. I am not Licio, nor a musician, as I seem to be, but one that scorned to live in this disguise, for such a one as leaves a gentleman, and makes a god of such a cullion, know, sir, that I am called Hortensio. Signor Horencio, I have often heard of your entire affection to Bianca, and since mine eyes are witness of her lightness, I will with you, if you be so contented, forswear Bianca and her love for ever. See how they kiss and court. Signor Lucentio, here is my hand, and here I firmly vow never to woo her no more, but to forswear her as one unworthy all the former favours that I have fondly flattered her withal. And here I take the unfeigned oath, never to marry with her, though she would entreat. Fie on her. See how beastly she doth court him. Would all the world but he had quite forsworn. For me, that I may surely keep mine oath, I will be married to a wealthy widow ere three days pass, which hath as long loved me, as I have loved this proud, disdainful haggard. And so farewell, Signor Lucentio. Kindness in women, not their beauteous looks, shall win my love. And so I take my leave, in resolution, as I swore before. Exit. Mistress Bianca, bless you with such grace, as longeth to a lover's blessed case. Nay, I have taken you napping, gentle love, and I have forsworn you with Horentio. Tranio, you jest, but have you both forsworn me? Mistress, we have. Then we rid of Licio. Ah, in faith he'll have a lusty widow now, that shall be wood and wedded in a day. God give him joy. Ay, and he'll tame her. He says so, Tranio. Faith, he is gone unto the taming school. The taming school? What? Is there such a place? I, mistress, and Patricio is the master that teacheth tricks eleven and twenty long to tame a shrew and charm her chattering tongue. Enter Biondello. Oh, master, master, I have watched so long that I am dog-weary, but at last I spied an ancient angel coming down the hill. Will serve the turn. What is he, Biondello? Master, a mercatante, or pedant, I know not what. 
but formed in apparel, in gait and countenance, surely like a father. And what of him, Tranio? If he be credulous and trust my tale, I'll make him glad to seem Vincentio, and give assurance to Baptista Minola, as if he were the right Vincentio. Take in your love, and then let me alone. Exeunt Lucentio and Bianca, enter a pedant. God save you, sir. And you, sir, you are welcome. Travel you far on, or are you at the farthest? Sir, at the farthest for a week or two, but then up farther, and as far as Rome, and so to Tripoli, if God lend me life. What countryman, I pray? Of Mantua. Of Mantua, sir, marry, God forbid, and come to Padua, careless of your life. My life, sir? How, I pray? For that goes hard. "'Tis death for any one in Mantua to come to Padua. Know you not the cause? Your ships are stayed at Venice, and the Duke, for private quarrel twixt your Duke and him, have published and proclaimed it openly. Tis marvel, but that you are but newly come. You might have heard it else proclaimed about.' "'Alas, sir, it is worse for me than so. For I have bills for money.' by exchange from florence and must here deliver them well sir to do you courtesy this i will do and this i will advise you first tell me have you ever been at pisa ay sir in pisa have i often been pisa renowned for grave citizens among them know you one vincentio i know him not but i have heard of him a merchant of incomparable wealth he is my father sir and sooth to say in countenance somewhat doth resemble you biandello aside <laughs> as much as an apple doth an oyster and all one to save your life in this extremity this favour will i do for his sake and think it not the worst of your fortunes that you are like to serve incentio his name and credit shall you undertake and in my house you shall be friendly lodged look that you take upon you as you should you understand me sir so shall you stay till you have done your business in the city if this be courtesy sir accept of it oh sir i do and will repute you ever the patron of my life and liberty then go with me to make the matter good this by the way i let you understand my father is here looked for every day to pass assurance of a dower in marriage twixt me and one baptista's daughter here in all these circumstances i'll instruct you go with me to clothe you as becomes you exeunt scene three a room in petruchio's house enter katharina and grumio no no forsooth i dare not for my life the more my wrong the more his spite appears what did he marry to famish me beggars that come into my father's door upon entreaty have a present alms if not elsewhere they meet with charity but i who never knew how to entreat nor never needed that i should entreat am starved for meat giddy for lack of sleep with oath kept wigging and with brawling fed and that which spites me more than all these wants he does it under name of perfect love as who should say if i should sleep or eat twere deadly sickness or else present death i pray thee go and get me some repast i care not what so it be wholesome food what say you to a neat's foot 
"'Tis passing good. I pray thee let me have it. I fear tis too choleric a meat. How say you to a fat tripe, finely broiled? I like it well. Good Grumio, fetch it me. I cannot tell. I fear tis choleric. What say you to a piece of beef and mustard? A dish that I do love to feed upon. Ay, but the mustard is too hot a little. Why then the beef, and let the mustard rest? Nay, then, I will not. You shall have the mustard, or else you get no beef of Grumio. Then both, or one, or anything thou wilt. Why then, the mustard without the beef. Go, get thee gone, thou false deluding slave. Beats him. That feeds me with the very name of me. Sorrow on thee and all the pack of you that triumph thus upon my misery. Go, get thee gone, I say. Enter Petruchio and Hortensio with meat. How fares my Kate? What <coughs> sweeting? <coughs> <coughs> All the more. Mistress, what cheer? Faith as cold as can be. Pluck up thy spirits, look cheerfully upon me. Here, love, thou seest how diligent I am to dress thy meat myself and bring it thee. I am sure, sweet Kate, this kindness merits thanks. What, not a word? Nay, then, thou lovest it not and all my pains is sorted to no proof. Here, take away this dish. I pray you let it stand. The poorest service is repaid with thanks, and so shall mine before you touch the meat. I thank you, sir. Signor Petruchio, fie! You are to blame. Come, Mistress Kate, I'll bear you company. Petruchio aside. Eat it all up, Hortensio, if thou lovest me. Much good do it unto thy gentle heart. Kay, eat apace. And now, my honey love, will we return unto thy father's house, and revel it as bravely as the best, with silken coats and caps and golden rings, with ruffs and cuffs and fardingales and things, with scarves and fans and double change of bravery, with amber bracelets, beads, and all this knavery. What hast thou dined? The tailor stays thy leisure to deck thy body with his ruffling treasure. Enter tailor. Come, tailor, let us see these ornaments. Lay forth the gown. Enter haberdasher. What news with you, sir? Here is the cap your worship did bespeak. Why, this was moulded on a porringer, a velvet dish. Fie, fie, tis lewd and filthy. Why, tis a cockle or a walnut shell. A knack, a toy, a trick, a baby's cap. Away with it, come, let me have a bigger. I'll have no bigger. This to fit the time, and gentlewomen wear such caps as these. When you are gentle, you shall have one too, and not till then. Hortensio aside. That will not be in haste. Why, sir, I trust I may have leave to speak, and speak I will. I am no child, no babe. Your betters have endured me say my mind, and if you cannot, best you stop your ears. My tongue will tell the anger of my heart, or else my heart concealing it will break, and rather than it shall, I will be free, even to the uttermost, as I please in words. Why, thou sayest true, it is a poultry cap, a custard coffin, a bauble, a silken pie. I love thee well, in that thou likest it not. Love me or love me not, I like the cap, and it I will have or I will have none. Exit Haberdasher. Thy gown, why, I come, tailor, let us see it. Oh, mercy, God, 
what masking stuff is here what's this a sleeve tis like a demi-cannon what up and down carved like an apple tart here snip and nip and cut and slash and slash like to a censor in a barber's shop why what a devil's name tailor callest thou this hortensio aside i see she's like to have neither cap nor gown you bid me make it orderly and well according to the fashion and the time marry and did but if you be remembered i did not bid you mar it to the time go hop me over every kennel home for you shall hop without my custom sir i'll none of it hence make your best of it i never saw a better fashioned gown more quaint more pleasing nor more commendable belike you mean to make a puppet of me why true he means to make a puppet of thee she says your worship means to make a puppet of her oh monstrous arrogance thou liest thou thread thou thimble thou yard three-quarters half-yard quarter nail thou flea thou knit thou winter cricket thou braved in mine own house with a skein of thread away thou rag thou quantity thou remnant or i shall so bemeet thee with thy yard as thou shalt think on parading whilst thou livest i tell thee i that thou hast marred her gown your worship is deceived the gown is made just as my master had direction grumio gave order how it should be done i gave him no order i gave him the stuff but how did you desire it should be made Mary, sir with needle and thread but did you not request to have it cut thou hast faced many things i have face not me thou hast braved many men brave not me i will neither be faced nor braved i say unto thee i bid thy master cut out the gown but i did not bid him cut it to pieces ergo thou liest why here is the note of the fashion to testify read it the note lies in his throat if he say i said so taylor reads imprimis a loose-bodied gown master if ever i said loose-bodied gown sew me in the skirts of it and beat me to death with a bottom of brown bread i said a gown proceed taylor reads with a small compassed cape i confess the cape taylor reads with a trunk sleeve i confess two sleeves taylor reads the sleeves curiously cut ay there's the villainy here in the bill sir here in the bill i commanded the sleeve should be cut out and sewed up again and that i'll prove upon thee though thy little finger be armed in a thimble this is true that i say and i had thee in place where thou shouldst know it i am for thee straight take thou the bill give me thy meat-yard and spare me not god a mercy grumio then he shall have no odds well sir in brief the gown is not for me you are the right sir tis for my mistress go take it up unto thy master's use villain not for thy life take up my mistress's gown for thy master's use 
why sir what's your conceit in that oh sir the conceit is deeper than you think for take up my mistress's gown to his master's use oh fie 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 petruchio aside hortensio say thou wilt see the tailor paid go take it hence be gone and say no more tailor i'll pay thee for thy gown to-morrow take no unkindness of his hasty words away i say commend me to thy master exit tailor welcome my kate we will unto your fathers even in these honest mean habiliments our purser shall be proud our garments poor for tis the mind that makes the body rich and as the sun breaks through the darkest clouds so honour peereth in the meanest habit what is the jay more precious than the lark because his feathers are more beautiful or is the adder better than the eel because his painted skin contents the eye oh no good kate neither art thou the worse for this poor furniture and mean array if thou accountst it shame lay it on me and therefore for rollick we will henceforth with to feast and sport us at thy father's house go call my men and let us straight to him and bring our horses unto long lane end there will we mount and thither walk on foot let's see i think tis now some seven o'clock and well we may come there by dinner-time i dare assure you sir tis almost two and twill be supper-time ere you come there it shall be seven ere i go to horse look what i speak or do or think to do you are still crossing it sirs let it alone i will not go to-day and ere i do it shall be what o'clock i say it is hortensio aside why so this gallant will command the sun exeunt scene four padua before baptista's house enter tranio and the pedant dressed like vincentio sir this is the house please it you that i call ay what else and but i be deceived signor baptista may remember me near twenty years ago in genoa where we were lodgers at the pegasus tis well and hold your own in any case with such austerity as longeth to a father i warrant you enter biandello but sir here comes your boy twere good he were schooled fear you not him sirrah biandello now do your duty truly i advise you imagine toward the right vincentio tut fear not me but hast thou done thy errand to baptista i told him that your father was at venice and that you looked for him this day in padua thou'rt a tall fellow hold thee that to drink here comes baptista set your countenance sir enter baptista and lucentio signor baptista you are happily met to the pedant sir this is the gentleman i told you of 
i pray you stand good father to me now give me bianca for my patrimony soft son sir by your leave having come to padua to gather in some debts my son lucentio made me acquainted with a weighty cause of love between your daughter and himself and for the good report i hear of you and for the love he beareth to your daughter and she to him to stay him not too long i am content in a good father's care to have him matched and if you please to like no worse than i upon some agreement me you shall find ready and willing with one consent to have her so bestowed for curious i cannot be with you signor baptista of whom i hear so well sir pardon me in what i have to say your plainness and your shortness please me well right true it is your son lucentio here doth love my daughter and she loveth him or both dissemble deeply their affections and therefore if you say no more than this that like a father you will deal with him and pass my daughter a sufficient dower the match is made and all is done your son shall have my daughter with consent i thank you sir where then do you know best we be affide and such assurance tain as shall with either part's agreement stand not in my house lucentio for you know pitchers have ears and i have many servants besides old gremio is hearkening still and happily we might be interrupted then at my lodging and it like you there doth my father lie and there this night we'll pass the business privately and well send for your daughter by your servant here my boy shall fetch the scrivener presently the worst is this that at so slender warning you are like to have a thin and slender pittance it likes me well Biondello, hie you home and bid bianca make her ready straight and if you will tell what hath happened lucentio's father is arrived in padua and how she's like to be lucentio's wife i pray the gods she may with all my heart dally not with the gods but get thee gone exit biandolo signor baptista shall i lead the way welcome one mess is like to be your cheer come sir we will better it in pisa i follow you exeunt tranio pedant and baptista re-enter biandello come you what sayest thou biandello you saw my master wink and laugh upon you biandello what of that faith nothing but has left me here behind to expound the meaning or moral of his signs and tokens i pray thee moralize them then thus baptista is safe talking with the deceiving father of a deceitful son and what of him his daughter is to be brought by you to the supper and then the old priest of st luke's church is at your command at all hours and what of all this i cannot tell expect they are busied about the counterfeit assurance take you assurance of her cum privilegio ad imprimendum solum to the church take the priest clerk and some sufficient honest witnesses if this be not that you look for i have no more to say but bid bianca farewell for ever and a day hearest thou biandello 
I cannot tarry. I knew a wench married in an afternoon as she went to the garden for parsley to stuff a rabbit. And so may you, sir. And so adieu, sir. My master has appointed me to go to St. Luke's, to bid the priest be ready to come against you come with your appendix. Exit. I may, and will, if she be so contented. She will be pleased. Then wherefore should I doubt? Hap what hap may. I roundly go to her. I shall go hard if Cambio go without her. Exit. Scene 5. A public road. Enter Petruchio, Catharina, Hortensio, and servants. Come on, e God's name, once more toward our fathers. Good Lord, how bright and goodly shines the moon. The moon? The sun? It is not moonlight now. I say it is the moon that shines so bright. I know it is the sun that shines so bright. Now by my mother's son, and that's myself, it shall be moon, or star, or what I list, or ere I journey to your father's house, go on and fetch our horses back again, ever more crossed and crossed, nothing but crossed. Say as he says, or we shall never go. Forward, I pray, since we have come so far, and be it moon or sun or what you please, and if you please to call it a rush-candle, henceforth I vow it shall be so for me. I say it is the moon. I know it is the moon. Nay, then, you lie. It is the blessed sun. Then God be blessed, it is the blessed sun. But sun it is not when you say it is not, and the moon changes even as your mind. What you will have it named, even that it is, and so it shall be so for Katharina. Petruchio, go thy ways, the field is won. Well, forward, forward, thus the bowl should run, and not unluckily against the bias. But soft, company is coming here. Enter Vincentio, to Vincentio. Good morrow gentle mistress where away ah tell me sweet kate and tell me truly too hast thou beheld a fresher gentlewoman such war of white and red within her cheeks what stars do spangle heaven with such beauty as those two eyes become that heavenly face fair lovely maid once more good day to thee sweet kate embrace her for her beauty's sake i will make the man mad to make a woman of him young budding virgin fair and fresh and sweet whither away or where is thy abode happy the parents of so fair a child happier the man whom favourable stars allot thee for his lovely bedfellow why how now kate i hope thou art not mad this is a man old wrinkled faded withered and not a maiden as thou sayest he is pardon old father my mistaking eyes that have been so bedazzled with the sun that everything i look on seemeth green now i perceive thou art a reverend father pardon i pray thee for my mad mistaking 
do good old grandsire and withal make known which way thou travellest if along with us we shall be joyful of thy company fair sir and you my merry mistress that with your strange encounter much amazed me my name is called vincentio my dwelling pisa and bound i am to padua there to visit a son of mine which long i have not seen what is his name lucentio gentle sir happily we met the happier for thy son and now by law as well as reverend age i may entitle thee my loving father the sister to my wife this gentlewoman thy son by this hath married wonder not nor be grieved she is of good esteem her dowry wealthy and of worthy birth besides so qualified as may beseem the spouse of any noble gentleman let me embrace with old vincentio and wonder we to see thy honest son who will of thy arrival be full joyous but is it true or else is it your pleasure like pleasant travellers to break a jest upon the company you overtake i do assure thee father so it is come go along and see the truth hereof for our first merriment hath made thee jealous exeunt all but hortensio well petruchio this has put me in heart have to my widow and if she be froward then hast thou taught hortensio to be untoward exit end of act four